you know, when somebody's on top of you, grabbing your face, slamming you down, I don't know. You don't know what they're going to do next. Um, when somebody who is way stronger than you is just controlling you. And I was just crying while typing, like just sobbing. And I was able to do that because, you know, I worked for the family business. So I can just let it all out and <laughs> type away. Literally one day I woke up and I said... What's going on, everybody? My name is Ryan Snod. It rhymes with odd, and you're watching and listening to the Rhymes with Odd podcast. Today, our guest is Rachel Stevensmeyer, coming all the way up from Lee County. <laughs> What's going on, Rachel? <laughs> oh, nothing. Just, you know, hanging out. Another yeah. day in paradise. Awesome, awesome. So Rachel and I, we know each other from high school. Yep. Your oldest brother, Isaac, was in my grade, and I spent many a time at your guys' house growing up, um, and the fact we have basketball practice across the street. So. Yep. Um, but Rachel has a very interesting story, um, lots of things with business, uh, entrepreneurship, and also just your career path is very, very interesting. So I'm really excited that you are in the area, three-hour drive yeah. uh, coming up here. So really excited to have you on today. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So to give people a little bit of um, where you're currently at, we'll get, dig into your backstory. But for people that don't know who you are, can you tell us who you are and, and what you do? Yep. So, um, like you said, my name is Rachel Stephensmeyer. Um, currently, I am working full-time at the family business, and then I also started another business. It's called Subtle Impacts. So, we are providing decorative weights for your at-home workouts. Hence... This gift that she brought me, <laughs> which is what, what your primary weight, right? This is a yeah. 10, 15 so that pounder? one's actually this one's twenty pounds. It's our bestseller. It's more like a kettlebell, but like it function functions just like your regular kettlebell, mm -hmm. um, except for when you put it down after your workout, it now becomes a decor piece instead of just clutter on your floor. This is so awesome. So you yeah. you guys like basically invented this during COVID, right? Yeah. Very, yeah. very cool. We'll, we'll yeah. definitely dig into this. This is so cool. But this will be the newest addition to the Snod Media Group headquarters. Uh, if I can't get to the gym, I'll definitely be using this. So that's super yeah. great. Um, okay. So you're doing the business. You're also doing your own business on the side. You also yeah. you also shoot <laughs> photos, right? You have, a, you have a photography business too. I do. I do. I kind of forget about that just because <laughs> it's something, it's not like my main thing that I do, but it is something that I do. Um, this year will be my last year. I have one more wedding to go and then I'm done shooting weddings and really just want to do stuff for like very close family and friends, not like a full-on business. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm the same way with my wedding business. I did think my first year I did like 15 or 20 wedding yeah. videos, and then now I do like maybe two or three a year. It's just yeah. like people that request it, and every year I bump the price up more until people just stop asking. <laughs> yeah. So then if they say yes, it's like, okay, I, I'm getting paid enough to go. Like it's yeah. worth it. So right. Totally right. get that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So to give the people a little backstory, I mean, I mentioned that we knew each other from high school, but take me back to like when you left Fort Madison to go to college. Like, yep. where'd you go? What'd you study? What was that process like? Yep. So I went to Truman State. Um, it's in Kirksville, Missouri. Um, it's kind of similar to Keokuk, I would say, if that gives you oh, any no. idea of kind of what the town is like. But the university itself is very different. But yeah, so I went there. I switched my major like eight different times. I think I started with like social sciences and then I was like, okay, 
what career am I going to do with that? So then I did accounting. I'm like, okay, this is super boring. Not for me. So I ended up actually getting an interdisciplinary degree, which is basically <laughs> where you kind of make up your own major and you have to present it to the board of like, this is why I'm creating this major because you guys don't have it here. So mine was organizational studies. So it was a lot of business, social sciences, and just a lot of different disciplines combined. Okay. So, so organizational studies. Studies. Yeah. Okay. What the board say? They say, now you got to start over with college again. <laughs> they went with it. I don't it's know. <laughs> it's like the accepted movie where they're like, we're, we swear we're a college. It's like, no, you guys are living in like a mental hospital with a pool. And they're like, no, we were in college for sure. Well, I based it around like, I wanted something that was like human resources. They didn't have HR or anything there, but they had like management. You could do business management classes. I'm like, well, I kind of want something that's a little more. I wanted the social sciences part of it, so I just kind of morphed business and the like psychology together. Okay, sure. So, so you finish your four year. Did you yeah. move back home? Like, what happened next? Yeah, I did. I <laughs> hold on. I'm gonna start over. Oh, you're fine. Do, do, do. Yeah. So I moved back home. I started working at a school. It's actually the same high school that I went to as like their marketing person. And like after a year, I'm really grateful for that experience. It was awesome, but it just felt really weird to be back at my high school. And I also just felt like I wasn't going to grow there. I mean, it was good. It was a good starter job. So I started looking around. Okay. I wanted to do something in marketing. Carly Nelson, it's like a construction company. There's not a so I live in like a very small area, as you know, so mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of opportunity. So even though it was a construction company, I was like, well, it's marketing. So like, we'll go for it. So I was like getting my second interview and my mom was like, well, wait, no, wait a minute. Why don't you come work for the family business? And I was like, well, I mean, I've thought about that a little bit, but I don't want to like ruin our relationship. I don't want to like <laughs> get into that and have like a I don't know, horror story mm -hmm. <laughs> come out of it. Like ruin your family happiness by yeah, working together. Yeah, yeah. But we talked it over and it's a 10-minute drive. Um, I knew I would have a little bit more flexibility. And I do really love my mom, obviously. Who doesn't love their mom? But yeah, so I just took the risk and started working for the family business. That's so, super cool. Yeah. So to, to jump back to kind of the, the family business, cause that's, so what, what is the family business for people that aren't listening? Yeah. So my dad started the company ooh, back in 1982, I want to say. So it was like farm repair. He started doing small jobs like that. And then it morphed into, he just kept adding like building after building. And now we do more like mid to large scale manufacturing. So a lot of nothing super exciting like dumpster one of the product lines is literally dumpster okay <laughs> so like yeah so the company does a lot of different kind of steel manufacturing basically sure. people bring in different projects and we like custom fit it's like yeah. welding manufacturing that type yeah. of thing. okay yeah. perfect perfect yeah. so um and, and that's interesting because your mom was running the business so Walk me through a little bit because she did not go into the business initially. So, no. so tell me a little bit about like in high school. Yeah. Um, your father got sick, so let's tell 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 us a little bit about that and how that has influenced the business. Yeah. So when I was in high school, my dad was diagnosed with frontal temporal dementia, which is basically I think a lot of times people think that dementia is like oh it's like Alzheimer's and they're just like forgetting stuff. 
And it was very, very different than that. Like he was not forgetting stuff. He was just becoming somebody else. Like it was more of behaviors and doing weird things. And like, I don't know, a good example maybe would be like he would make chicken, put it in the oven, not turn the oven on, take it out and start eating it. And I would be like, hey, dad, like that's not cooked. Like we got to make sure it's cooked all the way. It's fine. And he's <laughs> eating raw eating. chicken. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you can't do this. So there was, yeah, there was a lot of, like, arguments. And it's hard because you see somebody, like, losing themselves and they're confused and they don't know why everybody is kind of arguing with them all the time. And it's like, we're not arguing with you. We just want to keep you safe and healthy. And, yeah, so... I mean, looking back now, as an adult now myself, um, I just can't believe that my mom went through that. Like, she had five kids. Her husband is dying. But he's not, like, dying in a hospital and she can just, like, go visit him. He's, like, there was, like, years of he's not able to function and he started this business so he's at work like talking to his customers saying weird stuff and um a lot of a lot of people thought my mom was crazy when she was trying to explain that like no I mean he's because he wasn't different all the time in the beginning like in the beginning it was just every now and then he'd have one of those weird spells but yeah so he was he was slowly becoming this this other person. How how, yeah. how many years did he um, live with that sickness before it took him? Um, so my mom and I have talked about this a lot. So she would say probably in eighth grade, when I was in eighth grade, that that was probably when she started to see signs. And then I would say by my sophomore year, like I wasn't allowed to have, not not allowed, but I wouldn't have friends over my sophomore year going on because he would hit on them or do inappropriate things. Mm -hmm. So I would say that his signs were most prevalent, like the last six years. Um, But I will say the last year, it really felt like he was. So at first the disease takes a toll on your mind and then eventually it does get to the body too. So he gained a ton of weight and he wasn't really able to move around. His eyes looked kind of funky. Um, but when you talk to him, I mean, he, he did always remember us and like, he wasn't necessarily weird as weird (laughs) at the end. He was more of just like tired Mm -hmm. and wouldn't really say a whole lot, but he just loved to be around us. So yeah, that last year was really, um, I don't know. It was nice. (laughs) It was nice to just have him, like, not have the battle so much anymore. Because he, I think, subconsciously had kind of accepted that he, like, at that point he was in the nursing home, accepted that, like, okay, I'm here. This is what's going on. So, yeah. Right. No, I I get that. And I think that had to be hard because I know – just his boisterous personality. Like he'd just yeah. bust through the door and give you a big old bear hug and be yeah. like, Ryan, how you doing? You know, <laughs> just like, so to, to see someone, like you said, it's yeah. not just memory loss. It's the, you morph into this, you know, person. I know my, my um, great grandmother had dementia for 11 years wow. and she was like 97 pounds, like very skinny. Yeah. 
and just some of the, we would bring her to family gatherings. And I, I hadn't seen her for years because she lived in Phoenix with my grandma, who was her caretaker. And I, I mean, just the limited amount I saw the effects of that disease. It's, yeah. it's got to be one of the hardest, especially for, I mean, your guys' circumstance where you have five, five uh, siblings yeah. or four in your case, yeah. siblings. Um and just all the different dynamics, because I think Isaac was in college at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. And you were you're the second oldest, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I went off to college, and I feel so bad for the youngest three because Isaac and I got to have a little bit of that like fun, loving dad. Like we got to experience our dad, and they mm-hmm. they didn't like. So yeah, like, like high school games and yeah. just sleepovers and fun like family memories. Yeah, family trips, stuff like that, and. I don't know. The youngest, Sarah, I think, probably got to experience that a little more than the younger two. And I wouldn't say that the younger two didn't experience any of it, but, yeah, sure. it's just too bad. So so in the wake of him passing away, um, Jenny stepped up and, and took the reins at the business, right? So let's talk about that. She was a radiologist. <laughs> yes. And now she has to run a welding and manufacturing business. Yes. What went into that decision for her? Um, Honestly, We've talked about this, and she's like, I don't know. I was losing my mind. Like, I don't even remember those years hardly. Like, mm-hmm. she was just in the thick of it trying to survive. She was like, I just – and at the time, looking back, maybe I should have sold it. Maybe I should have, like, gotten rid of all of that stress and just sold it. But I didn't know how to sell a business. Like, I didn't know what what was going on. I was just like, okay – Ben's gone. We've got him in the nursing home. Let's figure this out. She had started working as like a secretary. Um, so she popped out the first three kids. And then after the third one, decided to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. And she would work x-ray occasionally. And then the second two came along. And she started to go back to radiology a little bit. But then she also started to work at the shop as we got older. So she had like been around the shop just a little bit. But she doesn't know anything about metal sure but yeah so when my dad passed away she just jumped into it and um yeah (laughs) I would say I know how she was at the time and today she's a completely different person because at that time she was just like trying so hard so I think she um went into the business wanting to make a ton of changes she wanted like things to be cleaned up and Da, da, da. And you have these redneck guys that are used to like spitting on the floor and they're like, what? We can't chew anymore. And she's like, no, you can chew. Just like spit in a bottle or spit in the trash can. And like just little stuff like that, which is so like dumb. But she ran into a lot of resistance with with the staff. And I think especially being a woman in like a male dominated industry, also with like, you know, those country folks sometimes can be a little... Nah, they don't want a lady telling you what to do. So I think she struggled with some of that um, in the beginning. And then, yeah, just kept kept going with it. She has done an amazing job. Like, oh, she's one of my biggest idols. So. Sure, sure. And she's been rolling with the business now for, what, 10 years-ish yeah. around there? Yeah, okay. yeah. Because I was going to say it's, it's dating me, but it's my 10-year high school reunion this year. <sighs> Oh, so man, we're that doing means that. Mine is next year. Yes, yes. So <laughs> that was about that time that I left for college. So that's yeah. uh, that's interesting. So she took over the business. Yep. And then at what point did you come on board to help? And then what did you help them with when you joined the family business? Yeah. So oh, I came on 
I think that will, I think it's four years ago, maybe. What year is it? 23. So, no, no, no. 18 or 19. I think 19. Mm-hmm. Pre, yeah. Pre-pandemic then. So, what's 19? Math. 2019? Yeah, four, four years Four ago. years, yep. Yeah. So, four, four years ago, you came on board. Yep. So, I came on board as, like, the marketing gal. So, I made the website did all that stuff, salesy stuff, yada, yada. And then I actually ended up being more of like our operations manager because I would just notice that projects were not going how they should be. There wasn't even a schedule. Like there was just things that I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, we can't fun- <laughs> we can't function like this. And there's no point of me marketing this business if we can't meet the needs of our customers. So like we got to fix some things. So I actually kind of like, I don't know, just interjected myself into being kind of like the scheduler, yeah, being kind of the scheduler, project manager. And yeah, so I've actually been doing that position longer than I have the marketing role, which I still update the website and do that kind of stuff. But yeah. That's super interesting. So I think in in going through that too, it's like you could have went to work for another company. What, Mm -hmm. What made you make the decision to come back and work for the family business as compared to going off and doing something different? Um, honestly, I just wanted my mom to be okay. And I just saw her struggle for a really long time. And again, I think once you grow up, you just, you know, you become an adult and you realize how hard it is. And I just realized how much she gave to us. So I just wanted to give something back to her and just be there for her and help her. And I just didn't want her to be alone (laughs) anymore. So she was definitely the main reason I started, even though I said like, okay, mom, if I'm going to start here, like, I don't want us to hate each other. Like, um, which is funny because I I would say that the business has brought us so much closer than we have ever been. Like we, I don't know, we just have the best time. We laugh a lot. And working together, it's not like we're talking to each other. Okay, wait a minute. We talk to each other every day, all the time. But we're not like right next to each other, working alongside each other, even though we are working alongside each other. But it's kind of from afar because she mm-hmm. does more of like the sales side of things. So sure. Sure. Yeah. How do you think Ben would feel looking down at how you guys have managed the business since he's been gone? I I bet he would say, wow, girls, you made some <laughs> mistakes, but also he would be so, so proud of my mom. Like I have so much respect for her of, I mean, she has so much resilience to just like keep going. <sighs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think when when you go when your back's against the wall, that's when you really find out what you're made of. Yeah, and I think you can create that scenario outside of a real world. Like mm-hmm. if it's like, oh, just put yourself on, put a timeline on something, or um, put yourself in physical stress, like run a marathon or <laughs> yeah. do as many pushups you can so you fall asleep or something. Yeah. But when you when life smacks you in the face, I think that's really the the wake up call because, yeah. like you said, she could have sold it. She could have brought in another operator and still owned it. Yeah. Like, but she just rolled her sleeves up and said, we're doing this. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. And she's always been that kind of person to a fault sometimes. Like she just wants to do it herself. Whereas like she's gotten better about it, but I'm like, okay, just call the plumber, you know, like they learned about how to fix the toilet. So just call them. Um, So yeah, I think she initially made a lot of mistakes just trying to do everything herself. And then, 
learned to just maybe delegate a little bit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So around 2020, you guys were trying to figure out how can we make another revenue stream, kind of scratch this little itch. Tell me about Subtle Impacts and how that started. Yes. So um, like I said, I was in the marketing side of things. And so, yeah, we're talking about, okay, what else could we do that's maybe not so much a service-based, like, why don't we have our own product? And so I was just looking around my room, the stores, for weeks of like, okay, what is made out of metal? What could we make? Um, Everything's really hard to compete with, with, you know, China (laughs) and pricing. So I was just looking around my bedroom, and I saw my weights on the floor, and I was like, okay, well, maybe we could make weights. Like, those are metal, and I like fitness, so maybe that. And then I just kind of sat with it a little bit, like, okay, well, what could we do different? Like, there's a million weights out there already. Like, well, it would be nice if they, like, weren't ugly like that. Like, I don't really like that clutter in my space. Oh, well, maybe I can make them look cute. So then I just started doodling. And I was really nervous to present it to my mom, which is so dumb because she was so, like, excited about it but like okay so imagine this like you you know how like sometimes you hide your dumbbells because you don't want the clutter of them imagine if you they were just there like on your coffee table you picked them up you did your workout and then you sent them back down and then they were a decor piece so they're your space looks nice what what was her first reaction she was like oh wait a minute so like yeah, like, yeah, so they would be decor. Like, they, they're they a decor piece, but then you're working out with it. Like, okay, but, like, what, how would that, how would that work? Like, how are you supposed to hold that? So I showed her, showed her my little doodles, which this is, like, kind of similar to a kettlebell, obviously different. Um, and then we have some dumbbells and then also, like, a kettlebell kind of shape that's a little different. But, yeah. This is super cool, though. And, like, if I saw this on a coffee table in someone's living room, I would just assume it's, like, a vase or a decor piece or a, right, like right. A, just a pretty thing. And yeah. then you pick it up and you're like, holy shit, this thing's got some weight to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, good way to defend the home, too. A little home defense uh, backup. Like yeah. You hit somebody with My it. mom says that all the time. She's like, you need to market that more. I'm like, I know. I just... Yeah. Yeah. You push a button and spikes come out the side and you can like back off, like get somebody away from you. Which honestly, it's a real thing though. Like if you were a single gal living in your apartment and like, I don't know, it's scary out there in the world. So yeah, you don't even need a bat. You have this weight and you just whack somebody with it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So when, when you guys launched Subtle Impacts, it was with this one product. Mm -hmm. What's the, um, what was the initial reaction from people when you took it to the marketplace? Everybody was super excited, and we talked to a lot of people um, in the beginning before we went into this. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. So we struggled a lot with how we wanted to price the pieces because, and we still kind of struggle with that a little bit. I wanted them to be more of like super cheap and everybody can buy them, and my mom was more like, no, they need to go like super high-end. They're super high-end pieces. Which I agree. And it does cost a lot to make them. Like, they are made in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of processes. that. I mean, you make them in, in Pilot Grove, right? So, yeah, that's the funny part. We actually don't make them at the shop. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, so these are cast iron boundary pieces, which we don't have. Like, that's where you, like, melt the metal mm-hmm. 
pour it in. We don't have that at the shop. Sure. Um, but they are made in the U.S., right? They are awesome. made in the U.S. They're actually made in Iowa, so that's cool, too. Very cool. Yeah. Um, oh, another cool thing. Um, my dad actually made dumbbells at the shop, though. Like, way back. And I didn't know about this. And my mom was like, do you know that, like, your dad made, like, he dabbled with like making weights too. And I was like, what? So uh, it's really cool to like, I don't know, kind of carry on his legacy in that way, even though it's different, but yeah. That is super awesome. So, so you launch it, you, you're debating the price point. Yep. Where'd you guys settle? Is it more of a high end? Is it more of a lower end? Where'd you guys settle on that? In the middle. So um, we kind of think like Lululemon. Like, it's more expensive, but it's not totally out of reach for somebody that's maybe more so average, however you want to phrase that. Sure. So it's one of those, I always call it like, a, it kind of hurts when you buy it, but it's not to the point where, like, you have to take out a second mortgage on the yeah, house to get it. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. I think that's, especially with Lulu's marketing, so many people have said, man, if their prices were lower... I'd, I'd shop like everyone would shop there, but it's like that's part of the desire is that right. if everyone could buy it, then there's no exclusivity. Right. And then people don't feel like, you know, they're elevated where same thing with this. It's yeah. like every, anyone could go buy a, a regular dumbbells from Target right. and be like, well, but that this isn't just an, a, a regular weight. So yeah. that's yeah. really cool. And we honestly like couldn't price them at the same cost of a regular weight because we're not getting them from China. Sure. <laughs> they are like a more quality piece in my mm -hmm. opinion so they do cost just a little bit more sure sure so what's the vision for this this product line because you guys aren't just going to be making decorative weights right They're, the business is more it's home and health right it's yes. kind of a combination yes so my long-term goal i would love to so i actually just got my certification fitness certification so i would love to have you go to our website you can shop our weights but you can also like work with a fitness instructor, you can pick one, and then you can also hire your different um, interior decorator, designer. Okay. Um, so like when you come to our platform, it's all things health and home. You can have that home service or the health service, and then you can shop our weights. I love that. Because yeah. I think that's the uniqueness of like your guys' brand compared to if you just went on the health side. It's like, yeah. oh, we're just a fitness company or we're just a home decor West Elm type company. It's like yeah. we are a combination of both, which is really cool because I think, and especially in the female market, it's like people want a really impressive living room when people come in. It's like, oh, this looks so great, but they also want to take care of themselves. So I think yeah. that aligns well with that, to your point, the Lululemon type customer yeah. where it's like they want to take care of themselves. But they also want to present a nice home when people come over. Yeah. And I really do. So I definitely didn't want this product to be like, oh, buy this and you'll lose 20 pounds. Like, no, no, no. This is... This is supposed to symbolize balance in your life also. So there's going to be phases where your husband is dying and working out is maybe not the priority in your life. That's okay. Mm -hmm. um, there are times where, like, you just had a baby. You're not trying to, like, go crazy with working out. But when maybe it's a year later and you're ready to, like, get back into it, oh, you hit a snag. I don't know. And now the dumbbells aren't buried in storage closets somewhere. Yeah. They've been sitting in your living room the whole time, and you can literally just, I'm going to start working out again. And yeah. You just pick it up and go. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, having it right in front of you, I don't know about you, but, like, if something's not in front of me, I forget that it even exists. So for me with, like, I don't know, my brain, I need things there. So I remember, oh, yeah, I do have that. Sure. When I think of, like, especially, you know, people that you see these outrageous prices in New York for apartments and stuff, they don't have a lot of square footage in those really crammed apartments. So this is, like, a... Yes. It solves that problem too. You don't have to like, like you said, hide the weights when people come over yeah. or fold your treadmill up and put it in a, in a storage closet. Yeah. You can, yeah. you can do it all. Yeah. So that's super awesome. And like you said, with the f- hiding stuff, I don't know about you, but I have definitely like purchased fitness equipment that I used for like, I don't know, three months. And then I never touched it sure. <laughs> ever again. So even if you never use it as a weight again, you can always use it as a decor piece and you don't have to feel bad about it. Sure, sure. Well, and it's it's funny because uh, so Paige and I are going through this where she is like paused. She has a yoga membership, but she paused mm-hmm. it because she's been just sicker than a dog with yeah. our second. And so she's like, I can't even go. Well, whatever, whatever. She's trying to convince me we need to buy a treadmill. I'm like, oh, you don't understand. Yeah. These are like five thousand dollars. <laughs> like, just get a gym membership and you can use the treadmill and everything else in the gym. Yeah. And she's like, well, to your point, if it's not in front of me, I like I won't think to go or yeah. then I have to be like motivated to go. I'd rather just do it at home. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yeah, but but because I'm like, OK, like I have a cross membership and that's like over one hundred dollars a month. And she's mm-hmm. like, that's so expensive. I'm like, you want to drop five racks <laughs> on a freaking treadmill. You might not even use. I'm like, it's it's all perception. Tell right? her to get one from Facebook Marketplace. And then if she uses it for a whole year, then she can get the fancy one. Sure. Because I got one from my uncle. Actually, don't tell him this or hopefully he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I literally got that two months ago and then I gave it to a girl that. Anyway, because it was messing with the feng shui of my space. Right. Like, I did not like it. And I don't have, I mean, my house isn't tiny, but it's not huge. Like, I don't have, uh, I don't have space to have, like, a whole gym set up in my house. Sure. Yeah, and my stepdad, he has a uh, treadmill and an elliptical in his dining room. So it's like, (sighs) there's just no, like, that's a coat rack now. So it's like, you got to have a room or something. So I I totally get that. That's It's the convenience factor, right? You got to make fitness convenient. Yeah. And that it's just, you can, oh, I got 20 minutes, I can go do a quick workout. So is that... Is the the online learning stuff, do you see yourself monetizing that long term or is it just going to be like free YouTube videos to help spread the brand? I would like to come out with an app one day and like so have the a few foundational, I think I have eight right now, but to have like 20 solid YouTube videos. So if somebody just purchased, they can go and like kind of feel out some of those workouts and then have an app for like programs. Sure. Because yeah. I look at like, I, I just shot for a fitness um, supply company, uh, push pedal pull yesterday. So they, they supply like gyms with gym equipment. If you want to buy a brand new treadmill or a new oh, weight okay. stack or a combo yep. rack for your garage or something, you can go in there. And it's interesting because they said they like the Peloton bike compared to like a Schwinn Airdyne or something like a normal bike, mm-hmm. just by simply having a TV on it, like a screen and having like professionally shot high energy instructional mm-hmm. videos, those things sell like crazy. And again, they're going for that higher echelon yep. layer of a customer and they're more expensive, but people want to be engaged and entertained when they work out. So I think that's an interesting way to yeah. go. You're not just, here's this weight that right. might be good luck. Of, yeah. Figure it out. You know, <laughs> if you, if you truly stand by the the values of like providing a good health and home, like you'll give them the stepping stones to get them 
yeah. in a better place to succeed and maybe buy more product or, yeah. or like your brand more. Yeah. That's yeah. super cool. Awesome. So I think it's interesting. We talked about obviously your dad passing away and the, the ripple effect on some of those things. Um, let's talk a little bit about more on, on your personal side. Um, when you were coming up in the business, um, you were married previously. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how, um, when you transitioned into like through your divorce and stuff, how that impacted your career. And then also just like your outlook on like the business and kind of the future and stuff like that. Yeah. So I will say I, thank God I was working at the family business when I was going through that because I honestly don't know how people go through that working a regular job. Um, I will say like my divorce was worse than losing my dad. And I don't mean that in like losing that person was worse than losing my dad. I just mean like I think with my dad, too, I had time to, like, mentally prepare that he was going to be gone because of his disease. Um, but, yeah, it was just so emotionally um, taxing. <laughs> taxing. Um, yeah, and it was – I wouldn't say that the divorce was super messy because I didn't want it to be that way. And I kind of said, like, okay, so we only have so much in savings if we want to make this messy – all it's going to do is drain both of our bank accounts. So like, why don't we just cut ties with, um, how it was. And yeah. Um, I am so thankful that I had my mom during that time because yeah, there was a lot of things that I hid from my family and my friends for years. Um, cause I wasn't uh, ready to come to terms with what was actually going on. Um, and a lot of it was emotional. Um, and then eventually it became a little physical and that's where finally (laughs) I had got some self-respect and I think the first step was just telling somebody about it. Um, if I could give any advice to anybody who is going through a toxic situation is to just talk to somebody about it. Um, when you do it alone, you really just, it's so much harder to get out of it. And you kind of like tell yourself that it's different than what it is. So yeah. Um, I would think that was in, so in February of 2018, there was an incident that, um, really flipped a switch for me of like, okay, I don't want to raise kids with this kind of person. Um, And I put a lot of, he grew up very differently than I did. I mean, I was, even though I did lose my dad, we did grow up very privileged. We had a very nice life. We always had food on the table. And um, yeah, so I just made a lot of excuses for behavior. Um, Yeah, so I told my mom about the situation. and she was super, well, for, <laughs> first she was pissed. She was like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, um, I, could, I could see Jenny saying that. <laughs> like, what? What? Jenny's like, get in the car. We'll <laughs> get some kind of sharp like, object. She was like, Rachel, what? What? And then I started telling her some of the other situations. Um, when I was in college, um, he got gonorrhea, and it was – somehow 
somebody that I had slept with three years ago that that's why that that came up and just I don't know when you say it out loud it's just really unbelievable that you ever <laughs> let somebody convince you something else and I don't know but she was just super understanding and empathetic with the fact that I still wanted to I wasn't ready to let go yet even though I know that I needed to mm-hmm. um, I wasn't ready so I would say we went to therapy for a couple months and that really helped clarify that like okay this is not gonna change and um we're going through therapy da 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 and our therapist said okay like you guys need to plan a date and do the date so I'm doing photography on the side right so the date was supposed to be Saturday morning I have a session at five so I was like okay like we can do something during the day though he said perfect like don't worry about it I have a huge thing planned like whatever. So I wake up and he's not there. I'm like, okay, like maybe he's getting whatever ready. I was like giddy excited. Mm -hmm. And he didn't text me until like two in the afternoon and was like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my stepdad got a hold of me and needed some help. I was like, okay. Um, he's like, well, we can still like hang out later though. I'm like, well, I have that photography session. So whatever. And after that, I, Decided I was going to go to my mom's. I was just upset, whatever. So I tell him, I'm going to go to my mom's. I go to my mom's. And on the way to my mom's, he called me and was like, hey, so actually, um, I didn't help my stepdad this morning. I was golfing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So I was shocked that he told me that. And then when I got to my house, I realized, so John Nagel and Isaac, older brother Isaac, were at home, and they had been golfing, and they saw him. So he knew that I was going to find out. Gotcha. So that's why he told me. Sure. Um, So, yeah, and I, like, said that situation, and she (laughs) – there was just a lot of situations like that, of the line – my sister and I went on a walk one time, and he said that he got called in to work, so he went to work, and I see that his car is at a friend's house. I'm like, okay, like, and I called him, and I was just crying. I'm like, I don't understand why you feel like you have to lie to me. Like, mm-hmm. I have always tried to be super, like, yeah, like, you need your guy time. Like, go do that. So, like, why, why the line? So I'm crying about that, and somehow it's flipped on me whatever, whatever, name calling. So my sister grabs the phone and was like, how dare you call her the B word when all she's like, she just wants to know, like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then he called her a few names. um, And then that was also like another wake up call of like, okay, you don't, talk to my family that way Mm -hmm. which is terrible to think like you can talk to me however you want yeah yeah but you're talking about my sister that way yeah yeah um so just a few eye-opening moments I think and then yeah when things got um physical and it wasn't I don't want to downplay the physical because no physical is okay it wasn't like punched in the face black eye it was Mm -hmm. Um, grabbing my face, slamming me down, screaming. Mm -hmm. Um, 
over and over again. I was really scared. Um, you know, when somebody's on top of you, grabbing your face, slamming you down, um, I don't know. You don't know what they're going to do next. Um, and I just thought, like, in that moment, I I want to see you tomorrow. Like, I don't want to. I'm not ready to go, you know, which, like, again, I'm not saying that he was going to kill me or anything. But I don't know. It's just scary um, when somebody who is way stronger than you is just controlling you. And, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so in those months of trying to figure out if I should stay in this relationship or not, my mom was very, like, and there would be days at work where, like, so there's an, my office was upstairs, thank God, and um, there were days where I just, like, I was just crying while typing, like, just sobbing, and I was able to do that because, you know, I worked for the family business, so I can just let it all out and <laughs> type away. Um, so, yeah, and she would be just there for me um, no matter what, and then Literally, one day, I woke up, and I said, fuck this. Like, mm-hmm. fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. Fuck it. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, maybe that's not, yeah. So at that point, you had, you were just like, I'm over this? And did you just, like, I pick l- up and leave? Or I what? literally woke up in the morning. So there was three times where I said, like, okay, I'm ready. I want a divorce. Like, I want a divorce. Um, And this third time, and that was the morning I woke up and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. No. Like, I'm done. I'm just done. Um, I don't deserve this. And this isn't good for either of us. So I'm done. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, Like I said, things were actually pretty smooth as far as like splitting things and da 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 except for gosh so I was trying to be nice about this whole thing and our bank accounts were together right because we were married Mm -hmm. and it has been six months after our divorce I'm like can you please get a new bank account so I can like be done with all of this stuff so I would message him every two months like hey have you gotten a new bank account yet? He just didn't want to because his work went into that, which I don't know why he wouldn't just. You can direct deposit cancel. elsewhere. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. It would take two seconds to set yeah. up a new. I had to do it. I had to switch everything. I had to switch all the emails, license, like all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I. it was one of the times. Hold on. Oh, so again, this has been like eight months after our divorce and like every two months I'm like, hey, can you do that? And then I just said, okay, I am one more time reaching out and then I'm just going to close it myself. So I reached out one more time like, hey, and his response was like, would you get off my back? Like, why do you have to be such a name calling, name calling, name calling? And I was like, okay, well. I'm sh- like, that's the last time you will ever call me a name to my voice, my face, to me. So I cut it off, cut him off, and 
I just was rebirthed into myself again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but like I felt like I started to become my old self, but like a newer version of that in the best way ever. And I didn't realize how much stress that that relationship was holding me back, putting on me. <sighs> yeah. Well, yeah. I can only imagine too, if, if Ben was around when that was happening, if he'd have gotten wind of, uh, um, some verbal, physical, any kind of abuse, yeah. I can only imagine, uh, Hit, grab all the brothers and get in the truck. We're going to go take care of this. So I, I can imagine what he would have said or done. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in terms of exiting that relationship, shedding that, like you said, the, the, the yeah. code of stress yeah. and getting yeah. on with the rest of like life and stuff. How do you think going through a, a trauma like that has made you a different per- the person you are today that you're you know, we, we are the sum of all the experiences we've had in life, yeah. you know, good, bad, and ugly, everything. So how do you think that's helped you move move on in life and become the person you are today? Um, I think that it has given me a lot of strength and confidence of there's something about just like finally telling somebody no, like that is not acceptable for my life. That's that's fine if you want to live that way or be that way. But like setting those boundaries for yourself um, has allowed me to just have more energy <laughs> in general. So I feel like I am just more energetic and more positive. Um, I've found that like I hang out with my friends a lot more. I do things that I want to do a lot more. And not to say that like, he said that I couldn't do things, but like, I just really decided I want to be very intentional with my life and I want to live my life how I want to, (laughs) you know, I don't know. No, I love that. Um, I think we can kind of pop out just to give you an emotional break for a second uh, about all, all those things. I would love to kind of switch gears and talk a little bit about, um, the marketing side of subtle because yeah. you guys have been kicking butt on that. So, I mean, you had like some viral TikToks pop off and stuff. So tell me a little bit about how you tried to market a product like this. Yes. So in the beginning, it was super fun. We like launched, people bought some, it was fun, it was exciting. And then we ran out of product. Um, <laughs> so that has been fun. And we not only ran out of product, but um, our original suppliers, their price doubled. So it was already expensive to produce this, let alone produce it with like double the cost. So we took a step back and we're like, okay, what else can we do to like make the product better? Um, like I told you, we're going with more of like a textured finish for grip. Um, still this, still a nice look. Um, but yeah, as far as marketing it goes, so there was, we launched in 2019 and then it's been two years of like shopping for another supplier. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the marketing, I stopped marketing the product and I just talked about home decor stuff and that's kind of where my TikTok following grew from of just like talking about how you can make your space better, um, that kind of thing. So, cause I still wanted to give 
value to people and like still make the brand present and not just stop completely. But to an extent, we kind of did stop mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and we're actually still kind of paused a little bit. Um, we do have, I think, like 20 in stock. Um, but yeah, we'll get another shipment. In well, September. wow, I've got my my exclusive. Yes. Uh, I'm like low inventory. <laughs> I'm like, I should like put this in a cast iron something so I don't lose it. Lock it up somewhere. Yeah. Someone can take it from me. So yeah. Post-divorce, I am working at the shop getting my life together. I'm doing photography and I start, what's the best thing to do when you're going through stuff? Just stay really busy. (laughs) So I just like loaded up on photography sessions, which kind of bit me in the ass a little bit later because I had so many weddings last year that, oh, so so I have my day job and then I have all these weddings to do. So I really didn't have a lot of time to work on subtle impacts, which was okay because we haven't had the inventory. So it kind of worked out that way. But yeah, I didn't want to be on pause. Um, So yeah, that is kind of the frustrating side of business. I mean, there's not, you think things are going to go one way and then it's like, oh no, just kidding. You have to wait. The waiting is (sighs) <sighs> yeah, just like gut wrench. Like, oh man, yeah. I, I want to keep going. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. And then on the marketing side of things, I have. So I've been happy with like some. I've had some success from TikTok, I would say, but um, since we haven't had the product financially, I've been struggling with. Okay, how else can we make money? Which I talked about earlier of like. The fitness, I just got certified, and then the home, I am actually taking um, interior decorating coursework also. So I'll have both of those certifications to kind of springboard maybe some more services. Um, But yeah, it has been hard to grow. Um, It has also been hard to know where I should be growing because I would think that this product is more so like millennial, people that are maybe a little... Later on in their careers, they have a little more discretionary funding. Um, But sometimes I don't know where they are. I don't know what they want to see. I've also really struggled with I want to market this to people that live in an apartment or a condo in a city. And I don't live in an apartment or a condo or in a city. (laughs) So that has been super mm, discouraging for me like and frustrating because I don't know how to create that content. I don't necessarily have the budget to just go live in New York City or like mm-hmm. hire influencers or, in New York City. Or like, like become the, the ideal product market fit, right? Yeah. Like you feel like you have to be the customer to fully understand yeah. that. And also, so another thing I really do struggle with is um, I actually had an eating disorder for a long time. Um, it started when I was 16, Um, yeah, and was pretty heavy during college. And I would say that I'm pretty, pretty good now, but sometimes this does bring up, um, internal struggles of, like I said, I don't want our brand to be about losing weight. And like, I've finally gotten to a happy place with like my body image, but sometimes, when you're following a lot of fitness content, you see a lot of super fit people. And I have to constantly remind myself like, okay, I want to be like pretty fit, but not like jacked. And like, I want to 
eat out with my friends and like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get it. <laughs> when I've, I've seen that shift in your guys' marketing too, just the being okay with who you are, like yeah. comfortability wise and like the making it more like, um, what would I even call it? Um, approachable, but also like authentic. Like you're not, like you said, you're not trying to be muscle and fitness magazine and put up this like front that everything's perfect. It's like everyone that's trying to get better at home and health. Everyone has a way to get better, but it's like, uh, like meeting people where they are. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so what's, what's it been like working on not only the family business, but also this new brand with your mom? Because we've talked about, obviously, you guys have both gone through hell and back individually and now together. What's that been like in your your family dynamic? Yeah, so we definitely got super close during the family business together. Um, you know, talking about employees together, talking about ideas together. Um, she's a very, like, visionary, dreamer person. So am I. So it's fun to, like, collaborate with somebody who has, like, outrageous ideas. We were talking about, oh, we should put, like, the world's largest giant like corn shuck just on the corner of the shop because why not like we can do whatever we want mm-hmm. guerrilla marketing whatever love it love <laughs> it um so it's been fun to like just joke around and collaborate together and subtle um has brought yeah we've shed some tears and like and with the shop too lots of tears and <sighs> nights of okay we just need to go on a walk like we got to get, a, we got to get out of here. Like we got to stop doing mm-hmm. this. Um, do you guys ever put barriers in place? So you're only doing family time when like, like yes, at Christmas, have, are you guys sitting around so, scheming your next marketing so, plan or do you guys sit and just eat the damn turkey? <laughs> so literally it was my sister's son's second birthday this last Tuesday. And we rode together cause she, I live on the way to Sarah's house. Mm-hmm. So, we sat outside for 15 minutes, like in the car, talking, 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 open the door. And then we're like, okay, wait, but wait, 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 one more thing. Then we get back in the car. So we're talking for like a half an hour before we go inside because we really do try not to talk about work around family because we know it's annoying. So like we try to cut it from basically if we're around other people, we try to not talk about work. Sure. No, I I love that. And it's interesting too, because like with myself, I own my own business, but I don't have any employees or coworkers. So it's all just in between my ears all the time. So then half the time Paige is like, can you just stop talking about work? I'm like, I don't have anybody to talk to about this. So it's like, that's gotta be so lonely. And that is something that, um, sometimes I do feel a little alone with subtle because my mom is like my little cheerleader, but she's not really, she's not, doing the video. She's not editing them. She's not like coming up with the plan. She's not the one steerheading everything. So yeah, it is lonely when you're just like doing a business by yourself. And like, yeah, you have people that you work with projects on and do stuff with, but like a lot of the days you're just like, yep, it's just me trying to figure it out. Sure. Sure. <laughs> no, and it's, it's interesting too, just cause I've, I've popped into the, the business every once in a while to touch base and see how things, and it's, it's been interesting to see you guys be okay with it. I mean, you're obviously like chomping at the bit to be ready to be back out there, but it's not your classic, like I, we quit everything and we're going all in. It's more of like a passion project yeah, at this point. And yeah. it's, it's cool to see because there is a, a runway for growth and success down the road. Like you said, you're, you guys have a, or had a provider that does the cast iron stuff. And yep. that once you find the next manufacturer, like if you guys blew it out of the water and had 
orders rolling out of the computer and down the yeah. down the hallway, you could potentially fill those and, and really blow it up. So. Yeah, yeah. And so we went to New York actually because do you remember Madison Carnines? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So friend got married in New York, so I was like, okay, mom. Hear me out. What if we just went to New York? Let's go to Fifth <laughs> Avenue. Let's buy some shit. <laughs> like, what if we went to New York and like brought the weights and da, 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 and just like talk to people, just talk to people in New York. So we did. Um, that was like three weeks ago. I haven't posted anything about it because oh, I wow. wanted I wanted to surprise Madison with her appearance, so I didn't post about the fact that we were in New York all week, but. Yeah, we went to, like, all the bougie places, places that I didn't even know existed. Um, and I just took my little tablet and showed them the weights and stuff. And they were like, oh, my gosh. Like, So I'm really excited to get the product out there. I'm just, like, painfully. Mm -hmm. But then I'm also su super nervous that, like, okay, well, what if we put it out there and it doesn't, like, all the things that we think. We think. People in New York, Chicago, Florida, California will love this. Like, mm -hmm. everybody should love this. Hello. But what if they don't? <laughs> right. Well, and, and I think it, and it, you guys have sold out almost everything, right? So there, yeah. there's, it's not like you had this idea and you just yeah. made a bunch of product and then it's been sitting on a shelf ever since. So yeah. you have some proof that this is something people would buy. Yeah. I am super excited to get them up on Amazon, too. Um, so... Not funny story. This was a mistake. I put things up. I put two of these up on Amazon. I guess not these ones. They were the dumbbells. But I put two products up on Amazon. They sold. Yay. Well, I didn't know at the time that you had to ship within two days. Mm. And usually what how it was before, this is way back when, my uncle was making these like cardboard boxes so I would be like hey we got an order can you make it and then he would get it in the next couple of days so we would ship between like four to five days well I didn't know that so I tried to package it myself and put it in this cardboard I I don't know how to package stuff I'm terrible at it it's not my thing so of course they arrived damaged and then they returned them they didn't write any bad reviews thank god but <sighs> yeah Quite, quite the experience just yeah. to, to get it there. And there's so much more that goes behind the scenes. Like you guys are in a service business, but now you're going in the product business. It's yeah. like a whole different slew. Yeah. Um, being two people that did not come from entrepreneurship or thinking that was going to be their career paths. What's been like the biggest lesson you've learned just from running, you know, or helping run two family businesses now with your mom? Um, it's hard. It's really, really, really hard. Um, and there's a lot of rewards from it, but it is really hard. Like, I just feel like people think they see something and they're like, oh, or like they see the nice, nice videos, the nice photos. And they're like, I don't know. We just expect so much from companies. And sometimes it's like, you don't know how big a, a company is and maybe like, you don't know that they are small. Like, they don't have all of the stuff. They don't have all of the tech that, like, the customer service things of just on the website, like, those little reply things. I'm like, ah, everything takes so much time to learn how to do, like, I mean, to do the website, to talk to customers, to figure out all of the things. And then, and then it's like, yeah, you have to have this product up on Amazon, on your website, Etsy, managing all of that inventory on each of those sites. Now there's TikTok shop. 
okay, oh, I'm trying to figure that out. That's like a there's, list. there's just always something, mm-hmm. which is exciting and fun. It is super fun, but it is also really hard. Sure, sure. No, I think that's really interesting. Um, any advice to female founders, people that are coming into business that have an interest or an idea? And they, they have this interest in the idea, but they, like you said, don't have the business acumen. What advice would you give to a gal out there that's wanting to to really go in all on herself and start a business? Yeah. Talk to as many business owners, role models that you can find. You would be surprised. There are a lot of people that um, are willing to talk to you that you don't think that they would like, oh, they're, they're probably super busy. No, 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 no. Like they want to give advice. And I have learned so much and have avoided a lot of mistakes <laughs> from people just giving their advice and their experiences. And if you don't have access to those people or feel like you don't ha- don't have the access, YouTube is amazing. Sure. <laughs> um, That's how I learned to shoot videos, yeah, YouTube, for free. Yeah, so, so like literally whatever you want to know, just YouTube it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so if you want to know how to start a business, YouTube it. Um yeah. That's great. So for wrapping this all up here, where can people find you? Where's the best place to to learn more about Subtle Impacts as well? Yeah. So we are on all the things, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest. Yeah. Subtleimpacts.com. Love it. Love it. Well, Rachel, thanks so much for being on the podcast and, and being vulnerable and open about some of the hardships you've gone through. I'm sure somebody listening has gained some insight or has grown just from listening to this conversation. So really excited that you came on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, there you go, guys. Another episode of the Rhymes with Odd podcast. My name is Ryan Snod. It rhymes with odd, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace. (laughs) 